Trauma to Testimony encompasses the proclamation of the truth and narratives of believers who have endured trauma and shook up their pain and purposely walk daily in their victories, giving God their yes. We are standing and affirming Revelation 12, 11 on this podcast. Listen, the surrender, the resurrection, overcoming trauma, the becoming better, the inner work you have to do, all heavy. Join me each week as we dissect the walk of faith we take as Christian women who have endured some of life's pain and struggles. We will dive into having the hard conversations to grow a deeper relationship with God. This right here is from my girls who have endured trauma but have a lot of Jesus. Healing Bestie, Healing Bestie, Healing Bestie, I have some exciting news. The She Is Redeemed devotional is now available in an eight-day devotional plan in the Version Bible app. If you have been interested in getting your hands on the She Is Redeemed devotional, this will be it for you. Embarking on a transformative journey with the woman at the well story. Discovering how her encounter with Jesus brought healing and redemption to her story and her past. And with this plan, you'll be able to dive into reflections, prayers, and powerful testimonies. You'll find hope and restoration in your own life. So join me and all of the other amazing courageous women who are embracing the incredible gift of redemption as we walk boldly with our Redeemer and we reclaim our redemption story. Go to the YouVersion Bible app and search She is Redeemed or click the link in the show notes to go ahead and get started on the Bible plan. I really hope this helps you, Healing Bestie. Welcome back to the Trauma to Testimony podcast, where we are healing, learning, and growing, and loving Jesus through our healing journey. This is your healing bestie, Tony, and I am so happy to be here with you for the next installment of the Holiday Heal and Chill series. And today we have a special guest. Ms. Jasmine C.L. Baker. Jasmine works primarily with Christian women in helping them to navigate grief and loss while helping them realize, rediscover, and recover their God-ordained purposes following loss. Hey, Jasmine. Hi. We are so excited to have you today um, just to speak to us, you know, about grief during the holiday season because, you know, it's something that I believe that we walk with Mm -hmm. um, throughout our lives and the holidays just makes it all real sometimes. So I cannot wait um, just to hear your take on the grief and loss journey. So tell us about yourself. Who was younger Jasmine? Uh, Younger Jasmine. Wow. Um, She was somebody who didn't really know who she was. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't see herself. She didn't really understand why she was different and didn't really fit in anywhere. So it caused her a lot of um, what's the word? I don't. I don't know if it's necessarily trauma or just pain. 
but um younger her hated being different because you know nobody likes being different nobody likes not um feeling like you belong anywhere Mm -hmm. so I spent my younger years especially elementary school really trying to just get in where I could fit in um you know just kind of just changing who I was based around based on who I was around until I was like this is exhausting I don't do this no more (laughs) so um and I still fully didn't grasp it yet um but I was that started me learning to be okay with who I was and trying to figure stuff out um in terms of who I was until I was in my 20s and I had joined a church and I felt like the church that I was at I couldn't fully be who I was um because of the type of church that it was so things that I liked I kind of had to hide and suppress Mm-hmm. So again, be in this space of feeling like I can't really express myself if I want to fit in, if I want to um, belong. And so it wasn't until after I left that church and I moved to Atlanta in 2019 that I really was like, okay, this is who I am. This is fully me um, and everything I like. I love my tattoos. I love my piercings. I love my locks. You know, like I love all the stuff that traditional church tells you you can't be or you can't look like um and when I when it was really like God was like this is why I made you right like I love you I accept you I created you to be this person that was finally like okay it's okay to be me so it's like I'm just now three years into this it's okay to be me phase but it started off with that young Jasmine not really being comfortable with not looking like everybody else that was a really long winded answer sorry (laughs) I love that. I love that because the transparency of being in a a healing journey where you're navigating it to where you're like, okay, I want to be myself. And I have to notice that, you know, the younger me who probably was hurt, who probably went through some things, we are two different, the healing me and the younger me who went through some things are two different people. And now I have to separate from that person just to get to know me and be me again. And that's okay. And that's okay. And I, I love your story and how you said, you know, just how you, you know, had to get out of the box kind of, of thinking when it came to your healing journey. So I definitely love that. Um, so how do we get to the grief and loss? Like, how do we get to grief and loss coaching throughout our journey or throughout your journey? Um, so college, uh, well, I would say I'll stop in high school. My mom had gotten sick. Uh, she got pneumonia and the pneumonia kind of just spiraled into everything else. Like it got, it, she would develop bronchitis and the bronchitis developed into something else. We didn't know what it was. None of the doctors could tell her what it was, but it just made her really sick and it affected her breathing to where she went from this perfectly healthy active woman to needing to carry around oxygen to function like it was crazy but her going in and out of hospitals hey yeah it's okay i know i'm out you're fine i'm right here um so to her going in her going in out of hospitals was normal it was just it's because it was so long it was just you know that was life um but in college is really when I started experiencing grief um my first but it wasn't even with death initially it was with my major 
um, I decided I wanted to be an elementary school teacher when I was in fourth grade. I wanted to teach third grade. So from the time I was in fourth grade until college, I was like, I'm gonna be a teacher. That's all I want to do. But you know, you get into college just because you get accepted into the university does not mean you get accepted into your college. And I did not get accepted into the college. Well, I initially got accepted, but then they rescinded it because my GPA fell. Okay. So now I'm like, after 10 years of having this dream, I can't do it. So I'm like, again, who am I? What am I supposed to do? Type situation. So now I'm having to grieve this ideal of what I was going to do when I got older, not knowing that I needed to grieve that or not knowing that it, that was even a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, okay, I'm like, I choose my major, get over it. I'm trying to figure out something else out. I think I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Until 2012 comes when I'm supposed to graduate. No, not only am I not graduating, but I'm also seeing everybody that I started with in the college of education graduating and starting their student teaching. And so that triggered me. Now, I didn't know that triggers were a thing. I didn't know that grief is something that you always have to constantly deal with. I'm just in the space where I thought I'm okay. And now this event is happening and it's putting me back in that place four years ago that I felt when I got that rejection letter. So 2012, I'm like, shoot, I'm having to deal with this all over again. That was in May. My granddad died in June. He was also had been sick for a while since I was in maybe fourth grade. So that was like a normal thing for him. But, uh, you know, of course you get older, the older you get, your body just can't handle it. So he died in 2012. Four months later, my mom died. And all this is going on. I'm two and a half hours away from home. I didn't see either one of them before they died. So I'm having to deal with all of this away from my family while I'm in school trying to survive at this point. And I'm just like, what the heck am I doing? I don't know how to process this. I don't, I don't know anything. The moment I knew that I needed to grieve was I started feeling sick. Um, but I was like, maybe it's normal. I don't know. It's October. It's a lot going on. But I went to the, the health clinic on campus and they ran all these tests and stuff. And I'm this is the first time I'm telling this part of the story because I forgot about it until just now. Um, she was like, well, all your tests come back. Are you stressed about anything? And I'm like, no, I'm not stressed. And I'm like, oh, well, my mom just died. And she was like, well, have you processed that? Have you grieved that? And I'm like, I'm supposed to do that? I just, I, I didn't know. And so it wasn't until I was at, I was in the doctor because my, me not dealing with my grief affected my physical health. Like I was physically sick because I wasn't processing my grief. And she was like, you have, you have to deal with this. And so that's when I started um, trying to figure out what grief was, what it looked like for me, how I could figure it out while still, you know, trying to um, be in school. Um, and so, it, it, and it's not like I got it overnight. It was literally a three-year process to where somebody was looking, my best friend looked at me and she was like, you're not dealing with this. You're not grieving. I understand that your mom died. I understand that you have a lot going on, but it's to the point of where nobody likes being around you. You are a mean person now because you're not processing it. You have to deal with it. And so at that point, I was like, okay, God, all right, let's talk. Because honestly, before that, for three years, I really didn't talk to him. I was still serving. I was so active. I was over campus ministry. I was in the praise team. I was over children's church. I was in the choir. I was doing everything. Still showing up. But I was mad at God because I'm like, you could have helped my mama. You could have helped my daddy. You could have helped me. You 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 could have because you're a God. So since you didn't, I want to talk to you. So when I finally was like, okay, let's have a conversation. He was like, because I'm a gentleman, I was not going to force myself on you. But you didn't, right? You did not invite me into your grief. So I couldn't be God over your grief. 
right? You didn't invite me into your hurt, so I could not be God over your hurt. All the things that the scripture says I'm supposed to be, your prince of peace, your comforter, all that, I could not be any of that because you didn't allow me to. You didn't invite me into your situation. So I just kind of had to sit here watching you helpless because I wasn't going to force that on you until you were ready. So I was like, all right. Mm-mm, Jasmine, <laughs> you just really said something so powerful. <sighs> Have to pause because God is just so faithful. Even when we are going on about our ways, we're trying to fix everything. We're like, okay, I'll just work it away. I'll just read it away. I'll just, you know, I'm going to be real. I'll just pray it away, but we ain't really praying. Um, And we're not waging war on things. So the most powerful thing, and you just brought this up in, in just your testimony, is that the most powerful thing we can do is really cast our burdens on God, cast mm-hmm. our cares. And mm-hmm. because God wants that, God wants our heart. God wants to know how can I come in your heart and take it all over? Like, how can I really take this situation that's holding you down over? And it's like, sometimes we learn to go with emotions. Like healing, we we don't really, like we don't really get to the core of healing until we can be real and honest with ourselves about what is going on. Mm-hmm. And that is so powerful that you were able to say, okay, after, you know, taking in the collection of friends and taking in the collection of um, going to um, the doctor and, and, and knowing that something's not right. Okay. I keep getting this reoccurrence and God is so faithful that God will keep sending people, mm-hmm. sending situations, sending things to mm-hmm. us. And it's like, we have to slow down to really be like, okay, something is not right. And mm-hmm. I love that just that moment. And one thing you mentioned as well is it took three years. Mm-hmm meaning that the healing is a is a journey. It doesn't yeah. happen overnight. The grieving is a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And when we allow ourselves to be in that space of healing, we allow ourselves to feel all the feels, that's when we actually access who we truly are and who mm-hmm. God who God says we are because mm-hmm. we take that time. And I just love that you are just using your story as really a mantle to, to, you know, praise God and worship God and help other women unlock that, their grief and journey, you know, know, because it's needed. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just would love for you to give just on your heart right now, just a message to the woman who is probably in that place where she's, had the messages, the signs and the wonders come to her about grieving, but she does, she isn't sure what to do. What would you tell her? Um, I would tell her to give herself grace. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody knows how to deal with grief until you have to deal with grief. Yeah. And even when you have to deal with it, you still don't know what you're doing. Um, but some grief makes you feel like you have to know what you're doing. Like I, maybe I just have to keep going. Maybe I have to keep working. Maybe I have to do something. And really sometimes you don't have to do anything, mm. but in the not doing anything, you have to give yourself the grace and the space not to do anything so that you can figure it out. Yes, 
I love that. I love that. Give yourself grace. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. So now when it comes to the holiday season, we are going around maybe some spaces, some environment, some people that trigger us and maybe reinviting some being reinvited into places where, you know, maybe we went to a grandmother's home or maybe Mm -hmm. we went to a place where, you know, we don't have that person that we love so very much there during the holidays. How do we best navigate grief and loss during the holidays when we're missing someone um, Mm -hmm. physically being there? So the first thing I would say is um, plan for how you're going to spend the holidays ahead of time. Okay. Um, so plan on where you're going to go, what that's going to look like. like, Or if you all are still all meeting, you need to plan for who's making what. Because if the person who always makes the dressing is the person who's no longer there, mm-hmm. y'all don't want to be on Christmas Day looking like who making a dressing. And then not only do y'all not have dressing now y'all are all sitting there sad because now you're reminded that that person is no longer there so plan on plan on how you're going to spend it like or if you're a single person um figure out what what your game plan is ahead of time where you're going to go who you're going to spend it with do all that as much as you can beforehand so you're not having to have the stress of it the day of that's what you don't you don't want to stress out stress yourself out unnecessarily on the day of so the first thing is make a plan Second thing is um, make make you or establish your boundaries for when you're going to be wherever you are. Yeah, that's good. So um, wherever wherever you're going, you know what your emotional capacity is. Even if it's the day, you, even if you don't know until the day you wake up, you know mm-hmm. on Christmas Day what your emotional capacity is. So if you say, I'm just not in a good space, I can only handle this for an hour. You saying yourself, I'm only gonna be there for an hour and then I'm leaving. And then that when that hour is up, or even if you say an hour, but you can only handle 30 minutes, get up and leave. Okay. Um, if it's I'm gonna stay, but I'm gonna take some 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 moments to pull away by myself. I'm gonna pull away by myself. If y'all need a store runner today, somebody go get ice, I will go do all the errands because that gives me a minute by myself to re you know, reconnect with myself before I re-engage with other people. Um, if you're married and you're maybe you're going to your in-laws house because your family's whatever it is with your family, um, communicate with your spouse or your partner what your boundaries are. Hey, babe, I can't handle that all day. I know it's your family, but I'm, you can say if you want to, but I might have to leave, Some, something like that. Um, but figure out what, what your boundaries are beforehand, stick to them, and only explain them to necessary people. So in the instance of if you're a spouse or if you're married, <clears throat> of course you have to, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to explain your boundaries to your spouse, of course. But outside of that, your sister, your mama, your auntie, them, you don't want nobody no explanation. Why are you leaving already? I'll see y'all tomorrow or I'll see y'all when I see y'all. I'm about to leave. If you're not going at all, why are you not coming? I am not coming this year. I still love y'all. I'll see you when I see you. You do not owe anybody an explanation. Your mental health and your peace is not negotiable. And you don't owe anybody an explanation for taking care of yourself. Because what I had to learn was at the end of the day, 
nobody is there to take care of me except for me. Ooh. And if I'm spending all of my energy concerned about how my decisions are going to affect you, when I come home at night by myself mm-hmm. and I've myself so much to the point of where I'm crying, you're not there to comfort me because I'm shattered because I poured out too much. Ooh. I'm there by myself. So since I'm there by myself, I'm going to take care of myself regardless of how you think or what you think I should be doing. And sometimes family is the ones who don't understand or who give us the most um, grief about our decisions when really they should be the ones embracing it, but that's just not always the case. Yeah. So to understand your family and your situation, and if you can't explain it or if you don't want to explain it, don't. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is communicate your needs to those people around you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get upset because people don't show up for us but we don't even give them the opportunity to show up because we don't tell them what we need. Ooh. So if it, I just need you, I'm going, I'm going to stick it out with you. I'm going to be with you all day today. But if you see me by myself, don't leave me by myself. Yeah. I might need you to come check on me Oh yes. and say that. But don't sit there and be like, he didn't even come see if I was okay. Did you tell him that you need him to come check on you? Mm-hmm. Right? Like they, people don't know how we handle it. So if we don't even know how we handle it, how do we expect other people to know how we're handling it? That's an unfair expectation. So we have to communicate our needs to people so we give them the opportunity to come and be there for us. Hey there, healing bestie. All right, let's have a heart to heart. Have you ever had those moments in life where you feel... Like it's a struggle to believe you're truly free from your past? Where trusting in God's promises feels like a battle, especially in tough seasons and painful moments. Or maybe you find it challenging to maintain unwavering faith in God, even after experiencing salvation. If you're nodding with me because you've had those moments too, know that you are not alone. As a trauma survivor and a woman who is overcoming her past and constantly on this healing journey, I certainly have my share of struggles. But here's the beautiful truth. Even in those moments, God's love is more than enough to pull us through. The day you embrace salvation, you are reconciled and brought back into a loving, redeeming relationship with God. You are free and you are redeemed. Let me be real with you. This devotional is a lifeline for those who are seeking healing, redemption, and renewal. I've walked this journey too, and let me tell you, it is nothing short of transformative. I've got something special for you today, Healing Bestie. The She Is Redeemed devotional. Inspired by the woman at the well, it is your lifeline to healing, redemption, and renewal. Inside, you'll find daily reflections, uplifting scriptures, and heartfelt stories to remind you that you are not alone. It is a warm hug from me saying, Healing Bestie, I see you and I understand. It's time to release your past pain and step boldly into the radiant woman you were created to be. Plus, when you order today, you'll get two exclusive bonuses because you deserve it. So head on over to traumatotestimony.org shop and order your copy of the She Is Redeemed devotional right now. Let's walk this journey together, bestie, and discover healing, hope, and purpose in our Heavenly Father. You 
are redeemed. Find the link in the show notes to grab your copy. Don't wait. Your redemption journey awaits. I love it. Now, these are lifelong lessons. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm sitting here like, yes, yes, because that's it with healing. You you start to notice that, okay, I have to be here for me. Like, I have to know how I feel first so that I can express that out. If it's, if it's, if it means that I need to communicate it further, if it means that I need to, like you said, actively plan how I am going to spend the holidays, how I am going to be in this space. Like I need to plan for my healing. And I mm-hmm. think that that is so important in those boundaries, tra- Trust me, boundaries <laughs> are so important, especially when you're healing. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and when I think about the boundaries, and I wanted to ask this question. So when we're setting boundaries for ourselves during the holidays, mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. in this place of knowing that we want, oh, this is so good. Thank you, Lord. Grieving the hopes that we may have had for the year, grieving. Mm-hmm the goals that we may have had, grieving the relationship status we may have wanted, just those life goals, those life dreams and desires, and knowing that we're probably going around some uncomfortable conversations that are Mm -hmm. going to be brought up. How do we navigate that type of grief? I'm glad you brought that up because I had it in my head to mention that and I forgot, so it's great. (laughs) Um. Boundaries in those situations are statements like, I understand that you're interested in that, but I'm not going to be talking about that. Oh, yes. Or changing the subject. Or we read, it's really, but it's really just making a statement like, I'm not discussing that. However you want to phrase it, I'm not discussing that. I thought you was dating so-and-so, where he at? Not discussing that. Ooh. How's school going? Not discussing that. Mm, I love that. Did you gain weight? Mm, not discussing that. Not doing it. <laughs> doing it. I love that though. And, and I think it's sometimes it's hard to, to say that. And, and I guess you have to get in a place in healing where you just start to advocate for yourself. That that's what I hear. I hear that advocate advocacy, like mm-hmm. self-advocating for what I need in my healing. Like, no, I probably can't cross that boundary because for me to make it out here in in a right mind, in a sound mind, I'm gonna have to make sure that I take care of me because what you mentioned earlier too was um, you're the person who has to go back home with yourself. Like, you know, faking it for these family events, for these friend events, for these festivities, but you still feeling it inside. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Rather than just expressing it and saying, hey, this is where I'm at. I'm going to have to cut you off there. Like, I'm going to have to stop that because I mm-hmm. can't take that. But I really do love that because when I think about, you know, just grief and and us coming to the end of the year, the holidays, you know, wrap up the year. So mm-hmm. we get around all of these different things that we, you know, it's like a season of pressure. Mm-hmm. And you you're faced with it but knowing that okay I can set that boundary and I can live there and I can Mm -hmm. stay there and and that's okay 
You know, so I really love that you said that about boundaries because it is so needed, um, mm -hmm. especially because we're navigating our own healing still. Even mm -hmm. though you know, we're around and it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, it's not always for everyone. Yep, yep. And um, adding on to what you just said about this being like a season of pressure, um, especially with us church people, we love to do all these cliches about, oh, before the year is over. And then when January comes, like, oh, this is some magical recipe that everything is going to be great. And you go from December 31st, January 1st, and everything is still the same. God is not bound to our, our calendar. First, so it's not a hard stop for him. So if we're in the situation and December 31st comes, but it's not over, that doesn't mean anything. It's literally, it's just another day. Yes. And we don't have so much pressure on, oh my gosh, the year is ending. Because God is not like the year, oh, the year is ending. Let me hurry up and he, he's not concerned about time the way we are concerned about time. So when we give ourselves again, the grace to realize that just because it's not happening by the end of 2022 and 2022 wasn't my year because church people give all these cliches that leave people broken and hurt even more. Um, when we don't subscribe to that, it frees us up to not feel as pressured just because the year is ending. When we understand that God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Our January 1st in our life can be in March. That could be the start of something new for us. It don't have to be January 1st just because it's January 1st. A new start just because a new year starts. Um, but we have to understand that God is not bound by a calendar to understand that I don't have to feel pressure just because the year is about to end. Ooh, that is so powerful. That is very powerful. Okay. Whew. And we can just sit there. Like, you know, <laughs> really sit there because what you just said was so powerful like we don't have to be on anybody's time schedule like we can literally just dwell with God and dwell in God and knowing that God is going to work things out for us even in our healing journeys like we have to know that you know like to be still and know that God is God you know there's parts that there's being still and that means your spirit is still like a lot of people think okay if I'm being still I'm just sitting but mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. feel your act your spirit is actively resting and is grounded in God mm -hmm. and then knowing that I'm God that's that trust that's that faith a lot of the things that are shaken when we go through um trauma and when we go through pain when we experience grief and loss those things are shaken for mm -hmm. us so knowing that okay I'm gonna have to have a stillness in life knowing that even if it hit January 3rd and I still don't got it <laughs> I still don't have what I'm supposed to have um I don't have my goals just know that God has the master plan for us um in our healing journeys in our walk in grief and loss in just our lives and if we would dwell more we wouldn't probably stress more we wouldn't Ooh. worry Ooh. more Ooh. yep definitely wouldn't be there okay mm -hmm. So do you think we can obtain true healing from grief and loss and why and how? Um, I do. Um, but it starts with a mindset shift. Mm. True healing is when you really come to a place of understanding about where you are mm 
And so when you tie that into grief and loss, grief and loss never ends. It's literally something, depending on the situation, it never ends. Um, so if it's a loss of a person, it never ends. If it's a job ending, that potentially could, you know, you could potentially grieve that for a certain amount of time and it'd be okay and it's over. But if it's somebody, if, if the loss is so significant that it severely impacts your life, most likely you're going to be grieving that until you die. So when you understand that grief is an ongoing journey, you start to heal within the ramifications of I'm going to always be dealing with this instead of I'm waiting for it to end. Because if you waiting for it to end you're never going to heal because it's going to keep slapping you in the face but once you realize that okay i'm going to be processing this i'm going to be grieving this i'm going to be facing this until i die and you sit in that space and you learn what that space looks like that's when you truly can heal within the space of grief i love it okay so what does healing look like for Jasmine in this season? In this season, it looks like advocating for myself no matter what. Oh, um, People in my life are used to me being a people pleaser mm-hmm. at the expense of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started to do what I needed to do for me and advocate for myself, it caused a lot of friction in a lot of my relationships. Mm. Some of them withstood it and some of them didn't. And either way, I was okay. Okay. I was fine with me because I knew I was being true to myself. So me speaking up for myself um, is problematic for you. I'm not upset. I just understand that this, this season is over for us. Um, for instance, I had a really big situation happen between myself and members of my family, and it caused me to um, remove myself from being around them without any explanation. I just left and blocked their numbers, and I didn't talk to them yeah. for months. Um, with one particular family member, it was almost a year. Okay. Um, when I finally did speak to them, Um, they wanted to know why I cut communication like that. And I said, well, I can understand from your point of view um, how that was probably hurtful. Um, I apologize that you were hurt. I do not apologize for how I did it because I did it for, I did it in a way that I needed to for myself. And that's how I needed to do it for me. That's how I needed to do it to process it. Um, I'm not apologizing for that. And you can either take that, how, you can take with that what you want to do with it, but I'm not apologizing for it. And if the situation would happen again, I would do it the exact same way because that's what I needed to do for me. Yeah. One person was upset. They eventually they got over it. The other person was like, well, okay. So me, I, my healing in this season is Jasmine and my family, my immediate family, my family that I created, not the one that I was born into. Say that. Okay, because there's a difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, me and my family comes first my household comes first Mm -hmm. and if whatever is going on outside of this address starts to affect this address then you gotta go period yeah And, and that's the thing a lot of the times in our healing journey we have hard tasks that we have to do 
so that we can be happy. We can be in a sane mind. We can be in a place where we don't have to worry about just the, the heaviness of our journey. Like we don't have to worry about the external when we start to worry about the internal. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we don't focus on the ex the internal because we're focused on other people. We're focused on the we're focused on the people pleasing. We're focused on how we're how somebody is going to feel about it, how they're going to feel about how we say something, how we deciding to heal, how we're deciding to be. And mm -hmm. the is we don't have to worry about that we don't have to to worry about other people when we're actually on a journey for ourselves our next thing on the podcast is called this or that healing edition <laughs> so we get to just answer in this season where you are with your healing journey okay okay all right so physical journal or audio diary physical journal okay are we writing about it or are we talking it out once we have been triggered? It depends. Can I say it depends? Yeah, that's, it depends. It depends. It depends. Okay. Let us know a little bit more about that. Why it depends. It depends on what the trigger is. Some, if it's, okay. something I can write about some things I need to like, to physically talk through it and bring myself down. Okay, I get that. I totally get that. Okay. Bible verse or affirmation queen? It depends. Mm -hmm. on okay. Yeah. We'll take it. <laughs> Prayer or meditation? I like both. It make you think. You can say both of them. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Setting healthy boundaries or instantly cutting ties? Mm. <laughs> My initial reaction is to instantly cut ties, okay. but I'm working on setting healthy boundaries because I don't like confrontation so typically to avoid confrontation, I'll just cut you off. Oh, okay. You know, so so to learn how to express myself more, mm -hmm. I'm working on this what your boundary is. Okay. But then if you cross it, then I'm gonna cut you off and then I'm done. Okay. Okay. I'm loving it. I like the different things that you put in place. Um, peace or joy? Mm. What do we want more of? I think peace. Okay. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Are we doing a prayer walk or are we doing a prayer journal? Journal. Okay. Devotional or Bible study? Mm. I think a Bible study. Okay. Yeah. 
therapist or life coach? Okay, that's hard because they both have their places. Okay. But I think in this specific season, I need a therapist. Okay. Are we worshiping God or are we a prayer warrior in this season? Um, worship. Okay. So it has been so good to have you, Jasmine. I want you to let my audience know how they connect with you further after this podcast episode. So, um, you all see my baby. <laughs> you can find me on social media as Jasmine CL Baker on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And on Facebook, I'm Jasmine. Well, I guess it's still Jasmine C.L. Baker on Facebook too. Yep. Okay. So Jasmine C.L. Baker everywhere. Um, you can find me. All of my links are in my Instagram bio. So if you're trying to find my book, oh, that's on Amazon. You can find it there. My podcast link is there. Um, Ways to work with me is there. Or you can just shoot me a DM if you have questions about how you can work with me about coaching and stuff like that. Just shoot me a DM. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So all of those links will be in the show notes. And I am just so blessed to have this opportunity today to talk about grief and loss and how we are healing during the holiday season. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Now, one last thing is um, a phrase. My name is blank and my healing journey is blank. Okay. Um, My name is Jasmine and my healing journey is personal. Oh, I love that. Oh, powerful. All right. Well, that is all that we have for this week. And we will, I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. I hope that it has impacted you in a very special way. Share this episode with a friend who may need inspiration in this area. Screenshot this week's episode and let us know what you think about this episode. And tag us on Instagram at trauma to testimony. If this did a tug on your heart, I want to invite you to stick around with us and join our email list and Healing Besties support community. The links are down in the show notes. And until next time, let's heal, bestie. Let's heal together. Heal with you next week.